All right, and welcome to the Sports Ethos Los Angeles Chargers podcast. I'm doing a little chuckle because this is the earliest we've ever recorded. Brandon, what time is it for you over there? Uh, yeah, this is the earliest we've, we've uh, recorded. It's almost 8.30 over here. It's 8.25 yeah, it's, Eastern time. It's, it's 5.25 Pacific. And why are we recording <laughs> while Sunday Night Football is just about to start? Because we don't care about Raiders Jets. We couldn't yeah. give less of a crap, honestly. Like, like... Like, I know we cover these teams and stuff, and we talk about them, and, you know, some weeks we have to talk about them, but not, please, uh, we're so tired of talking. We've talked enough about these two teams over the course of, it's only been half the season. We're not, we're and, not, we're not changing, we're not changing anything, like, who cares, you know, like, we're not going to change yeah. the process on these teams much, if at all. Yep. Speaking oh, of which, God. speaking of which, all right. I need you all to, if you're listening to this podcast, start your timers. Let's do this. Um, all right, start your timers now. Brandon, give me your thoughts on Panthers Bears. Uh, garbage football. Done. Same. Done. Uh, Five seconds. This is why we didn't record yeah. on Thursday. We had nothing to say. We had li- we had literally nothing to say at all. I had no I had no thoughts. That that game is exactly what you expect from a at that time a one in seven football team and a two and seven football team. That's exactly what you expect. There so, we go. We're done. Let's just yep. put it at fifteen seconds. We're done. I'm sorry. We didn't care about that game. That's why we didn't record on Thursday because we didn't have anything to say at all. It wasn't worth it. Um. So I stayed up to watch Colts Patriots only to fall asleep at halftime, and I was like. I'm going to fall asleep and wake up and see if I was right about how this game is going to end. And I woke up and I was right. Mac Jones threw a pick. <laughs> like, I, I, what do you want me to say? Like, and Bill O'Brien's yelling him on the sidelines. And I texted you at like, what, 730, 10, 1030 your time in the yeah. morning. And I was yep. like, I was like, yo, my only thought on this game really is that this Patriots offense is bland as fuck, and they have no creativity, and it's not just Mac Jones, it's Bill O'Brien, it's Bill Belichick, running an old 2000s offense, does not work with this quarterback and this new age NFL, and the Colts are bad anyway, so who cares about the Colts? The game finished 10-6, I'm glad I fell asleep. I mean, this Patriots offense is anemic, it's bland, it's the only thing I can really say about this is that it's it's like a 2006 offense. And even that's being generous. Yeah. Like like the, the, this as I'm watching this game this I'm like this is 1990s just ground and pound football. Like that's what this feels like to me. So I mean the like flash around Ramondre Stevenson like 20 times the in the first half or whatever the hell it felt like. Yeah. And like your your the best player offensively for them was Ezekiel Elliott, like <laughs> what the hell? Like what are we doing? Well, like that that's just that's terrible. When your best player is is I mean I, I hate to say because I know he still has some life in those legs. We saw he's it got today, some juice. He's, he's definitely still got some juice. I'm not saying he doesn't. Yeah, but but a past his prime running back was your best off off not not just like well like offensive weapon. So not just your best running back today, your best offensive weapon. Was not your quarterback. Was not your wide receiver. Was not your tight end. It was your over the hill running back. That's that's that says a lot about this team it's in general. Pathetic. 
It's absolutely pathetic. The game was pathetic. I'm glad I fell asleep at halftime. This this game was absolutely pathetic. The European games in general this year, both London and Frankfurt, Frankfurt were pretty pathetic. The best like, part was the crowd. The best part of these games were the crowd. <laughs> like, in all of them. Yeah. Gee, like, I... I this I mean, was a like, bad year for overseas NFL football. This is one of the worst ones, at least I've ever experienced, waking up and watching them. Yeah. Like, when we first started talking about these games, what, you know, a few years ago when they first started happening, it was like, yay, overseas is going to look cool. And, you know, the games are new and interesting. I mean, they weren't great football games, but they were still decent. Like, I, we haven't had one decent overseas game this year. We've had four of them? We had five. Five? So five. And Dolphins Chiefs was supposed to be good. You know our thoughts about that if you listened to the pod last week. I mean... Yeah. And it's just like, like, uh, I, I mean, I'm sorry, like, you know, to anybody who thought that, that that was a good matchup. It's like, you can't watch that game and think that that game is actually good. There's no way. Like, I, I, we said that last week, but I'm going to say it again. There's no way you could look at that game and think that that game was actually good. And Colts mm-hmm. Patriots, honestly, was even worse than the Falcons game earlier in the season. Like, yeah. this is this game today or yesterday in uh, Germany time was atrocious. This game was atrocious today. Like, and you know what's worse? We did, did we we said last week, didn't we say that like you know oh, this game can't possibly be worse than Chiefs Dolphins? It was much worse. <laughs> it was it much worse. Was. And it, it was, still was. It was much worse. I didn't even. Oh. I, I, I'm literally only basing my thoughts on this first half and Mac Jones. What I figured would throw an interception. Can you believe it? Mac Jones has been so bad that I can literally predict the guy's gonna throw a pick late in the game and just be right. And then well, here, and here, here's the thing to even double down on that. I mean, well, not double down on on Mac Jones, but uh, that offense is so bad in general. Even Bailey Zappi threw a pick to end the game. <laughs> like yeah, both your quarterbacks. Oh God. Yeah. They both and then and like it wasn't just like uh you know and like an oops kind of pick or like a mistake like they, those were bad mistakes too. Oh so yeah, I mean Bill O'Brien, don't uh, yell at your quarterback on the sideline when some of this is clearly your fault. Yeah, and, I, and I'm, I put blame on all three of them. I think all three of them are to blame for this because this oh, offense yeah. is so terrible. It's yeah, I think you're right. It's 1990s football. It makes no sense at all. Like you cannot win into like listen. We say every week, right? You have to have a running game, but it you have to have a running game and a passing game that are just are balanced that can both do work. When you're only like when you try to be a team that plays an old school style football and all you do is run the ball and you can't even do that successfully over and over and over again, like. It's then you don't have a football team. Period. You don't have an. You don't like, have an offense. Like, and I also said the Patriots' defense. Look, they only gave up ten points. This piece, and I get it. It's the Colts. It's Gardner Minshew. I understand, but the Patriots' defense has always been good under Belichick. They're not yeah. terrible. This defense is not bad at all. Yeah. Well, but, Bel- Belichick's but Belichick's a defensive head coach. Yeah. So they should be good. They're very good. I I think they're very good for what that team is, but. If the offense can't score more than six points or whatever, then 
what do you want me to do here? Yeah, like I, I have to look, I have to look at their schedule, but their games have been relatively, not all of them, but they've been most of them been relatively low scoring, have they not? Patriots. Let's see. Yeah, uh, today I was think so. yeah, yeah. Ten, okay, we got we got uh, we got ten six today, twenty to seventeen last week. Uh, don't don't even ask how they beat the Bills twenty nine twenty five. Oh, uh, game. no! Yeah, how fluky uh, is it now, though? Not as much considering where the Bills. No, are. yeah, not really. Uh, they lost the Raiders twenty-one seventeen, and they got blown out by the Saints thirty-four zip. Uh, blown out by the Cowboys thirty-eight-three. Like, I'm not saying low scoring in terms of the total points of the game, but low low scoring for them. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they lost to us opening night twenty-five twenty. Uh, then the yeah Dolphins. It's, it's like they hover around around. 16 to 20 points a game. That's not and, sustainable at all. Yeah, that's yeah. You you would have to have the 85 Bears defense if you want to win games. And even even that probably still wouldn't work. So, I mean, like look at this. 15 points, 3 points, 0 points, 17. The real, the, the only outlaw another 17. They scored 17 in back-to-back weeks actually. Uh, and then they scored six today. Like the only outlier is the fluke game against. Well, because it's fluky for them to win a game like that against the Bills. And that's a twenty nine twenty five wild finish of a game. Yeah. Um. But other than that, they they've only scored what? They've only scored twenty points once this season. <laughs> yeah. In week one. <laughs> Everything else has been seventeen or less. Like that. 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 You know. That kind of football is just not it anymore. You need to be able to put up points in this league. This is an offensive-driven league. Listen, there's a lot of good defenses, but this isn't. This is a league geared for more offense. This is a league. That, you know, you have to have a consistent quarterback. You have to have a run game. You have to do these things to consistently put up points every week. Uh, and you know they're relying so heavily on the deal. Like, listen, if I was on that, if I was in that locker room on defense, I'd be so pissed. I would not be able to hold back my frustrations. Oh, I'd be mad. I'd be so because the, mad, dude. Like, what? Uh, why what am I traveling you, all over to Germany for this shit? Like, like, what more can you ask that defense to do? They gave up twenty last week to the Commanders, and the Commanders have had an up and down season. So, it's twenty, but twenty They're, is not bad. It's still a good game even, defensively. Commanders even today are competitive. At least the Commanders play competitive football. I'll just say that about yeah. the Commanders. They always do. You know why? Because they're they're young and scrappy. Yeah. So that that's their just that's just their style of football. Um. But, I mean, what, they've given, how many times have they given up 30 plus points? Let's see, one, two, three, that's it. Only three times in, what, 10 weeks, nine weeks, uh, they've given up 30 plus. Other than that, everything has been been basically 24, 25 or less. Like, you should be able to, like, in today's NFL, if your defense is out there doing that, you should be able to like, win eight or nine games. You should make the playoffs doing that. Yeah, and they're they're dead last in the AFC East. And what are they now? Two and eight. Like you're a two and eight football team, and you could easily be like seven. I wouldn't say eight and two, but you could easily be at least what six and four. Yeah. Seven and three. Seven and three. You should be. Yeah. You but you're not. But yeah. I, I just and, and look, there's rumors about Bill Belichick's future. I. Looking at Robert Kraft today, Robert Kraft was also pissed. But I'm sitting there going, okay, let's say they mutually part ways with Belichick. All right, let's just say they do that, right? Mm-hmm. 
who are you bringing in to replace this culture? Do you, do you think and, Robert yeah. Kraft? Do you think Robert Kraft would bring in a coach that changes this whole team completely, or the mentality yeah, of the quote unquote Patriot way after doing it for twenty some odd so. years? I don't think it I makes think sense so. either. Yeah, I, I can't see it. I just can't see it happening. I mean, he's and he's he's as old school as it gets as an owner. Like everything he does That's is my old point. school. Thank you. That's exactly yeah. my point. Like, like you know, that, that it's not just Bill Belichick. Like we we sit here and blame the coaching, but it all starts with the owner. If your owner can't adapt to the times, how are you going to as a football team? Well, I'll also say this: I don't think he felt pressure to adapt with the times because, as we mentioned from the past few weeks, Brady, right? Yeah. Brady limited. Brady was able to advance what they were doing with Belichick too, but like they were able to advance what they were doing. You know, as much as they could. And that's part two, what you realize watching the Patriots and even the Bucks now is how much Brady, like, got those teams to whatever the 21st century is. And yeah. now they're just like, and I don't think that as much about the Bucks. I think, I think the issue is, you know, defensive coach. I think, you know, Baker can't throw the ball more than 50 yards, really. Uh, there's different issues. But with the Patriots, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's a team stuck in a bygone era. And there's not really a clean or effective way to move to the new era of football, considering the history of the last 20 years with Belichick. I just don't think there's a clean way to do it. And it's like, at the, you know, at this point, you know, not only is there not, just a, not a clean way, but just to go to go hand in hand with that, you know, you, you're, you're, I mean, it's it with Belichick at this point, it's like, listen, Great head coach, Hall of Fame coach. No one's denying that, but it's it's time to move on. Like you, but you, how you do you have... do it? Who do you pick yeah, up? Who do that's, you grab? Yeah. That, do, do you want to grab Jim Harbaugh? Considering what the hell's going on at Michigan and figure that shit out? Like, do you want to stoop to that level? I mean, I don't fucking and then like you, there's and nothing. And then, you, and, you, and then you go into and then, another damn-ass scandal again. Yeah, and then you're looking at the pictures Harbaugh's as a whole. Interesting. Not saying Harbaugh is in the NFL, but still. Yeah, and then looking at the Pats as a whole, I mean, because remember, Bill is also their GM. You know, you Are have you to a GM? now. Yeah, so now you have you don't have just one hole to fill; you have two, and you have to try to rebuild off of his mistakes, whiffing on draft picks. You know, like whiffing on receivers. I, yeah, that yeah, that's, that's part of it. Yeah, like you you know, like that whole team. If like you're gonna end up in a rebuild. Like almost how the Giants have been, where it's just gonna be, you know, it's almost gonna feel like it's gonna take a very long time to get back to where you need to be. It's, yeah. it's just like you know how the Giants have a thousand holes everywhere. I mean, listen, they have more holes than obviously the Patriots do because the Patriots are fine defensively, but on the offensive side of the ball, they've got the same issues. They they're not gonna have a running game past this. I mean, they barely they don't even have one now. Saquon's getting killed out there. But Ramondre you know, Stevenson with the, with... needs to actually run the ball. You need to give yeah, that man think... carries. The guy's a good running see, back. I... See, I don't think he's bad. But then again, too, it's like they need they. Well, what they really listen. I don't think he's a bad running back, but like he's not going to wow you. So you know, but all you need in the NFL is to just have a serviceable run game. Have the at least the threat of a run. You have to. And all they do um, is run, and it doesn't even feel like a threat. And, yeah, and I but think, like they... And I think here's the problem, and I want to get your thoughts on this. 
Do you think it's even smart for the Patriots to move off Mac Jones and pick up another quarterback? Like, I don't think I don't think the philosophy changes if you have a running quarterback. Yeah, it doesn't change. It has to start at the top. It has to go top down. You can't just change the quarterback and think it's going to solve things. Uh, you know, this is not a team where, you know, like, I, listen, I know because of the name Bill Belichick, it's going to be so hard to move off, you know, him and and Robert Kraft and all, you know, the whole front office, they, they're all in love with each other because that's what it's been for over two decades. That's, that's what they built together. But at some, like, you have to open your eyes and realize, like, this isn't going to work anymore. And this, A, this, like, what we just said, this style of football doesn't work anymore. This quarterback situation is not working. But then again, that's, a lot of it is on the coaching. I it's don't, just, I, I, it, I, I refuse to believe Mac Jones is this bad. I, I'm exactly. sorry, I really do. I refuse exactly. to believe it after the man's rookie season. He can't yeah, I don't, be this I don't, bad. I mean, I don't think he's this bad, but it's like, you know, you got to also think about it from his from his standpoint. Like, you know, like everything, oh, he's so bad. How would you feel if your play calling was, was vanilla and didn't work and put you in bad situations week after week after week and then your defense is getting you stops, but it feels like even though they're getting you stops and it feels like you don't have to score a lot of points, there's so much pressure on you because you are they're trying to make you the guy in New England, especially after filling Tom Brady. Can you imagine how much pressure is on Mac Jones every single week? I also think that the decision, and this, this is part of how I feel about Mac Jones' development, however his career ends up here in the next 10 years, because I'm pretty sure he's going to be in the NFL regardless for at least a decade. If if anything else, a backup. Teams are going to want him. Yeah. But, and I'm, I'm not saying that is his future. I'm just saying that, you know, if that comes to it, he will definitely have a good backup job. But I, I, can't, I can't look at his, I can't ignore the man's rookie season. I said his rookie year, he would be a 10-year starter for the Patriots. And then you bring in Matt Patricia. And yeah. that ruined his career, in my opinion. That hurt him so much. And I don't think Bill O'Brien is built to coach an offensive system in the NFL anymore. I just don't feel that way. Yeah. It's like I mean the, I mean when he was in when he was in Houston there were there was already struggle. I mean they weren't this bad, but there they were already you know, he left there pretty acrimoniously. And their offense um, was not looking back historically, that offense was not as good as we thought they were. Yeah, Either. yeah, that you know, but that be, but then you know, obviously having D Hop and Deshaun Watson as prime before all the stuff hit the fan, and then you, so like, when you look at that team, a lot of their star power, you know, and then on defense on the defensive side of the ball, you got JJ Watt, you know, wrecking plays. Um, so the you know the team, you know, and every time they got a chance to get the ball back, you know, they would make magic just because those those two guys in their primes were electric. Uh, so that just masked a lot of the flaws that they really had. Um, but this team, like, not only do they not have any juice offensively from anybody, it's just, it, it's like, now we're seeing what Bill O'Brien would have been had you, had he not had Deshaun Watson and D-Hop. Yeah, he, it's nothing. The, it's this, nothing. This is the, the exact same offense. It's nothing. You know, it's, it's, un- so it's just, it works, it's like, it works with Alabama college kids, because they're yeah. all good, 
it works with Houston because of what they had at that those times. It doesn't work with this offense whatsoever. It's like how many how many times did we see in Houston Deshaun Watson running for his life, extending a play and finding D Hop in the back of the end zone <laughs> for a touchdown, or yeah. somewhere down the field that would have yeah. put a toe tap with two inches of space on the sideline, and yeah. it would keep the drive alive. It's like that, that's because you have those kind of guys, but. That's not. That's not. It's not sustainable. That just doesn't happen every week. That's that doesn't happen. You're not going to get guys like that. Just you know, you can just pick them off a tree and say, "Here, stick them in this offense," and you know, Bill O'Brien will know what to do with them, or they know what to do to bail Bill O'Brien out. So, you know, now that we see what the Patriots are without a real superstar or threat on any on anywhere in that offense, this is what you get. Yeah, and and again, number one, we're talking about Bill O'Brien. Number two, we're talking about Bill Belichick's drafting. There's no receivers yeah. on this roster. Juju Smith-Schuster yeah, Smith is wide receiver four on this roster. Oh, good God. Like, that that's something. Um, let's talk about Deshaun Watson. How the hell did the Browns win this game? Deshaun Watson <laughs> didn't even play well. And you're telling me the Ravens are Super Bowl contenders at this point? I, you're t- I'm fine with them being a top-five team. But you're telling me this is the best team in football? No. How? How? Nope. How? Like, okay, you're up by what? 20, 30, 20 to 30. And you give up all of that in the second half. And don't get me wrong. Look, the Browns defense are going to make stops. And this Ravens defense is also really good. Why are you giving up 33 to Deshaun Watson? What are you yeah. doing? And you know what's it's like Deshaun Watson barely had over two hundred yards today. And he had one touchdown and one pick. Guy completed less than fifty nine percent of his passes. And he still ended up beating you thirty three to thirty one. Like that it's just doesn't make unbelievable. sense. It's so stupid, man. It's so th- like, this is a th- like look, look, I get it. If you're if you think the Ravens are the best team in football, you look at this as a flute game. Maybe you do. Maybe we will at the end of the year. I'm not saying that necessarily won't be the case. But, bro, they had this game in the bag in the third quarter. If you're the best team in football, you find a way to win that game. Yeah. God, it's just, you know, we, we talked about and, and it. I mean, listen, they played pretty much a, what, a damn good game for about two and a half quarters. And then it just... It just it just imploded. Um, I mean, it's crazy because like you look at today's game. Wow, that's I didn't realize the stat line. In today's game, Lamar Jackson actually looked worse than Deshaun Watson. <laughs> he was horrible in fantasy today too. He he completed only fifty six point six percent of his passes. Uh, f- no fifty six point five. Sorry, fifty six point five. Deshaun Watson completed completed fifty eight point eight. Uh, they both had roughly the same amount of passing yards. Lamar Jackson had eight more, and then he had two interceptions, and one of them was a pick six. Now, granted, one of them was tipped, and we but, had one of them was fluky, but still, yeah. But it's, it counts all the same, you know. If we, if, and that's that's another thing I want to bring up. If you're saying that Lamar Jackson's an MVP, uh, why can't we knock him for the same interceptions that guys like Mahomes and Hurts and Allen are throwing? Yeah, yeah, why can't we think... I think especially with what we're saying with Allen, we kind of have to put some of that same... Not not all the same, because I think Josh Allen's in a much worse situation when it comes to picks. But I I think you're right. I think we need to give that same kind of treatment here to, to Lamar Jackson. 
And you can't you can't put him in the MVP. You just can't put him in the MVP race. His touchdowns are nowhere near I think where they Jared need to Goff, be. I think Jared Goff's more in the MVP race than he is. Hell, oh, C- absolutely. CJ Stroud deserves to be in the MVP race right now. Without yeah, question. he's not. He, like Lamar's not a top five passer. I mean, listen, he doesn't he doesn't have to be because that defense is but see, that defense is giving them short fields, and that's why they're winning a lot of games. People don't realize this. Like Lamar doesn't have to do a whole lot, but if that if that defense, just like today, that defense, you know, kind of you know, broke down late. I mean, part of it was the short fields, you know, the the, the two interceptions, things like that, but you get up thirty three to the Browns, right? So if that defense ever falters, that Ravens team can't win. And they're not. They're not going to. That defense has to remain as rock solid as they've been, in order for that team to go far. That's the only reason why, to me, they're not a Super Bowl contender either. Like people want to say they are. I'm like, okay, but I mean, all it takes is one bad game in the playoffs. Like you know, they can't. The defense can't keep setting up the offense in good positions. And, and like, listen, like that's you need a good defense to win championships. You you do, and they have that. They do have that. But if they have to, if they have to keep relying on on defense to kind of save I guess, their asses, basically save them in games because a lot of these games are beginning a little bit tight for them. Um, outside of the Lions game, they just completely blew them out. But you know, if these if these games get tight, and they will, because as playoff time comes around, the end of the season comes around, these games do get tighter. Uh, they're gonna be in trouble. And again, um, you're not playing the NFC in the playoffs, which I know you're good against the NFC. That's proven, Baltimore. You're playing the AFC, and you're struggling against the AFC opponents. <laughs> Just being honest like about like, this. Like, like defense against defense. Like if we have a Chiefs-Ravens matchup, right? I'm Who are you picking in that Chiefs, to win that? I'm, ta- I'm a, taking the Chiefs right now. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like right now. I would take the Chiefs over them in the AFC, because uh, the I mean the Bengals I'm not sure of yet. Um, I think I take the Bengals. I'm not going to take the Chargers because we'll talk about what they did later. Um, yeah. I. That's what. That's like. But regardless, we're, we're, talking about, we're talking about the top level teams in the AFC right now. And I look at yeah, you might. I get we still have some concerns about the Bengals. I'm still confident in them. Because we'll talk about what they what Houston did to them later as well, but mm-hmm. I'm confident. I'm confident that I'm confident Miami will beat them. I'm confident Buffalo will beat them. I think Casey I don't know about I don't know about Buffalo. I still think Buffalo beats them. I honestly to me, still do. To me, to me, I think it would depend on where that game is played. For me, that's, that's um, fair. That's that's a that's a completely fair assessment. Yeah, but I yeah I I think the Dolphins beat them. I think the Chiefs beat them. I think, yeah, and I think the Bengals probably beat. Like, there's still there's a there's still three or four teams ahead of them in the AFC. Like, rec- record wise, no, you know, record wise they they are a half game behind Kansas City for the best spot in the AFC. But you can't lose like this. I know it's a division opponent. But here's the thing, and I was telling you this before we started this show, way before, like when this when that game was still going on. I told you this today. With the, that game, it's different when you have teams like like the NFC. It's like I know I bring up the Eagles, but it's, it's true. You know when the Eagles and the Commanders and the Eagles Dallas play, it always comes. You know it's always back and forth, back and forth. One score, you know, one score here, one score there. The Ravens were up by a, by quite a bit in that game today. Yeah, and they could and they couldn't finish. They imploded. 
You can't do like, that in the playoffs. You get smacked that, in the playoffs. If you that's that. concerning. That's really concerning. Like, what was the score at one point in this game? It was... Like 30, yeah. 33-15 or whatever the hell? Yeah, to, to open the game, you had a 17-3. to You were up by 14 in the first quarter. The game like, was done, dude. Like, I don't... You were... You were, yeah, you were up by 14 in the first quarter, and at one point, the game was also 24 to 9, so you were up by 15 at one point. Uh, yeah, this game should have been over, and that did not happen. Um, yeah, you allowed Cleveland to score 16 in the fourth. Cleveland, 16 to Cleveland in the fourth. And again, and again, I just want to repeat this Deshaun Watson is not a good quarterback anymore. He's not starter caliber anymore. He just is not. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And yep. you're paying him $200 million. Great job, Cleveland. Great yep. job, guys. Yeah. Wow. You lost to a guy. Yeah, so, like, that makes the loss even worse to the Ravens. You lost to a guy who's basically disinterested in playing quarterback at this point. Seems like, yeah. Or who at least feels like it. Yeah. yeah. So, God, that's te- Like, that's just a ugly. Listen, every team has a bad loss in the NFL every year. We know that. But... This is an uglier loss to me than the Eagles' loss against the Jets. That's fair. That's fair. This is th- this is uglier yeah, because this. Fair. And people say, "Oh, well, you know that game. You know the Eagles-Jets wasn't a division game, yeah, but the Jets' defense is still one of the best in the league. I mean, the Ravens are up there too, but the Jets, <laughs> the Jets are lights out defensively. It's three three, uh, by the way, still in the first quarter as we're recording this. Yeah. I, yeah, I have I have the I have the game up a little bit. I have it on I haven't muted, but I have the game up. Um <laughs> and on top of that, the Eagles beat themselves in this game. Like, that's one thing we gotta remember. Like the, the Eagles had what, four turnovers and like two or three of them were their own mistakes. Otherwise they would have beat the Jets by like thirty. Yeah, and, so, and that, you can say the same thing. It's, it's a good comparison because you can say the same thing about what the Ravens did. It's almost like they beat them yeah. today. Yeah, but this is worse. But to me, this is a. St- I mean, it's a good comparison. But to me, this is slightly worse, because also, like they'll they'll say, oh, you know, well, it's it's you know the division games are always tough, but you don't understand. Like that Eagles Jets game was close all the way through. This like once like we just said, you had a two score lead at multiple points in this game. Yeah, like- you had a two score lead. What two or three times in this game, you had a two score lead and you blew it. Yeah. Like that that can't happen. Like this this game was what? This game was 34-17, wasn't it? I think in the so. fourth yeah, also? Yeah. And like the Oh third my fourth, goodness. Yeah. Just awful. Like the, the this game was 17 to 3, 24 to 9, and 31-17. You had you were up by two scores three times in this game. Three. And you couldn't finish it. Against like, a that's... bad quarterback and a pretty abysmal offense. Great yeah. job, guys. So yeah. that's that's just to me that seems worse. So, I mean, listen, uh, who do they got next week? Who Baltimore? Yeah. Uh, that's Thursday night against the Bengals. Oh. <laughs> In Baltimore, it's gonna be great. Ooh. <laughs> Oh boy. That's going to be I a mean, great one. I don't expect them to come out and look like that, but the Bengals are also not the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you unless I know the Bengals lost today, but they lost to a an up and coming Texans team. 
And so, I, and I, well, we're going to talk about them next. I have a lot to say about uh, the Houston Texans in that game. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the Bengals are going to be equally as mad. So that game is two pissed teams coming off of two, you know, games they could have won because the Bengals did come back late. I mean, they, they shouldn't have won it. The like the Texans should have by more. Very competitive throughout, though. That game was actually yeah. very competitive. But on a yeah. short week, yeah, it's going to be a great game. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. But that's that's going to tell us a lot about both teams. And because if you look at the AFC North right now, it's a bloodbath. You say this look, every look week. The, it continues to be a bloodbath. No, but it's like a lot. I say it about a lot of teams. Like you know, when when team when teams in division play each other, it's a bloodbath. But look at how close the AFC North is. Seven and three Ravens, six and three Steelers. Who I don't know how the hell they're six and three. We don't understand. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're, by the way, the Steelers are literally going to make the playoffs. Just book it. Just book it. Like they're going like, to get out. They're going to get outrushed every week and still make it. Mike Tomlin refuses to die. That's it's like this is ridiculous. Yeah, but Ravens seven and three, Steelers six and three, Browns six and three, Bengals five and four, and if the Bengals win next week. That division gets so interesting. So interesting. Well, at least one we're, of them we're... or two of them have got to be out. So who is it going to be? Oh, my goodness. I mean, at, at this point, I don't even know. Oh, my. Figure that out, I mean, I think I still think the Browns that doesn't hold up. I still think the Browns end up out. I think the Bengals make it in. I think the Ravens make it in. I think in some miracle way, the Steelers make it in. I just don't yeah. see how the Steelers don't make it in. I know this sounds crazy, but, like, bro, how the frick are they winning these games? We have no clue, but they are. And 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 what's the playoff picture currently look like? Do we have that? Uh, we do have it available, but I'm not going to have us look at it until after Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's my plan. I'm going to wait until after the Thanksgiving games finish, and then we'll do, like, a weekly review of that week by week until the end of the season. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk about Texans Bengals. Here was from e- AP on ESPN. Here was the article. Here's the headline. You ready? Mm-hmm. From the AP in Cincinnati, CJ Stroud keeps showing he's the most exciting rookie quarterback in the NFL since dot dot dot. Well, since Joe Burrow, and that's pretty <laughs> factual. Yeah. That's yep. that's not only the headline, that is this game in a nutshell. The, yeah. I, I made a comment to you earlier, and I'll say this on the pod because I think this is my most important comment I'll make on the pod today. Do you remember Russell Wilson? I know this was more Legion of Broom, Boom game if you look back at it historically. I did rewatch it about a year ago. Um, I know this is more of a Legion of Boom game, boom game but Seahawks-Patriots in Seattle 2012. Russell Wilson had a pretty good game. I yeah. get it. It was Legion of Boom. But then people started to realize, oh, Russell Wilson's something special. I know last week we said C.J. Stroud something special. But again, this is a really good Bengals team. And not only is C.J. Stroud special, this is a wild card special team that can surprisingly beat somebody if they make it to the wild card. Like, I think very yeah. easily. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If if they're playing, like, let's say they're playing somebody like what the Steelers. Uh, no, oh, maybe not, not the Steelers. The Steelers. Uh, but I'm maybe saying the, maybe the Ravens. 
I mean, you know, yeah, throw like, them out there. Like, like this yeah. team, this team could play a team like the Ravens and find a way to win. This team, I think, towards the end of the year, you're going to see more games like this from the Texans. Oh yeah, the Texans are a team that a lot of the good teams like the Bengals. I think today they just kind of underrated them a little bit. Also, that game was just nuts. So I can I can put a pause on the on the Bengals. I still think they're going to be fine. They still looked really good today, regardless of the interceptions. I think they're going to be more than okay. But if you look at the Texans, as we get to week 12, week 14, week 15, week 16, they're going to start to scare some people, especially if they make the playoffs. Like, like they, like they I'm trying to think of who the division winner would be. I mean, they got their own division winner in front of them, which is, well, as of right now, it's the Jaguars. But and they they're going to be could, competitive e- for the Jaguars, too. Considering what they yeah. did today, yeah, it's so that's you know, and same thing with the Dolphins. I think they can compete with the Dolphins too. So it's you know that team like they're the most. Listen, I know they're five and four, but that, that but that record does not do them justice. They are like a seven and two football team. They're very very good. They, look, defensively they're not amazing either. Like I still think of them as like okay, defensively they're still growing. Offensively, they're yeah. still growing a little bit. But D'Amico Ryans uh, and C.J. Stroud, like I know D'Amico Ryans is a defensive coach, but it's clear they talked in the offseason about a game plan for what they wanted to do with him, and it's working. This yeah. is a great duo yep. that's going to last for like the next 10 years. Isn't, isn't I mean, I, I mean, before this game came on today, well, wasn't C.J., I mean, I, I think he still is now. Isn't C.J. Stroud top five in passing yards? This year, screw, screw that. He's top five in MVP right now in my book. Ooh, screw that. He's top five in MVP right now in my book easily. What he's doing, I can see it. Yeah, that makes sense. I like see it. Like, uh, like remember, remember, Cincinnati does have a decent defense. They're not they're not the great, they're not a world beating defense, but they have a decent defense. He lit them up for over three hundred and fifty yards today. Like he threw over three hundred and fifty yards on a on a. Pretty experienced. I mean, still kind of young, but pretty experienced Bengals defense. Um, but as a rookie, that's still impressive. Uh, I mean, geez, like. And remember, I said in like week three, I think it was week three or maybe even earlier. I said, "Hey guys, Houston's gonna be pretty interesting this year. CJ Stroud looks like a veteran. This this team at least is gonna be interesting." Remember, I said that. Yeah, I they they're not only interesting, they're very good. <laughs> like I I think I said they're very good in like a mid tier type of way. No, they're just very good. <laughs> they're a very yeah. good football team, and it starts with CJ Stroud and the Miko Ryan's. Props to those guys. Yeah. the The only thing I think that that could stop, well, besides the their, their defense, the only thing that can stop them is probably just CJ Stroud. Like, listen. He doesn't. He, he only threw his second pick of the year today, but he also he lost two fumbles today, and that was against a, a good defense. So, I mean, that's the only thing you got. Just got to watch out for. Just maybe, like, not. He's not. not I'm not saying he is because he hasn't been. But if he if he kind of gets a little bit more turnover prone, then you might have to watch out for that. But that's, that's what everybody. But I mean, with him, especially with, with him, a rookie quarterback, with him. I don't. I, we'll have some really bad turnovers. Like I'm not. I said this last week too. Like I'm not saying he's gonna make rookie mistakes. But if you're if if we're gonna play the comparison game, look at the rookie mistakes Bryce Young is doing, and look at oh, the rookie yeah. mistakes Strout is doing. Like, oh, it's way different. Like 
it's like the couple picks. Yeah, I think he's gonna have a couple really bad picks moving forward, CJ Stroud. But it's nothing like what's going on with Bryce Young right now. It's not even close. It's not comparable. Yeah. Like CJ Stroud is not all of a sudden gonna make the level of mistakes Bryce Young is making in the span of the next six weeks. It's just not gonna happen. Yeah. Like, mind you, right now, CJ Stroud has t- over twenty six hundred passing yards. 15 TDs and just two picks. That's a rookie quarterback. That's a rookie quarterback doing that. That's a rookie. It's that's yeah, that's that's a rookie. Like that's his projection. You want to know what his priest projected to be if he can be if he continues to play like this? What? It's 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 listen, his completion percentage isn't great, but also he, he doesn't have consistent receivers quite yet. So if you get him a consistent that, receiver, the competition... That's, the, that's another problem. They need to get more than just Tank Dell. And they will in future drafts. That's going to yeah. be nasty. Yeah. Like, he, he's completing a little... He's completing a little... Well, uh, just a tick above 61.5. He's at 61.6% on his completion percentage. Which, I mean, listen. Every rookie's going to have a, a low completion percentage. That's just because, you know, trying to get acclimated in the NFL, get receivers, get the receivers on the same page, all that stuff. But, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if you get him receivers, this is him with the receiving core he already has. His numbers, he's projected for almost, this is crazy, almost 5,000 yards passing. That's he's, for a rookie. He's, it's fucking he's, proje- he's projected, he's projected at, at right now, as it currently sits, 4,960 yards passing, 28 TDs, and only four picks. That's a rookie. That's a rookie. Hey, what the hell are we doing here? This is insane. That's that's a rookie. And and, and you know and you know someone made this comment. I forgot who a couple weeks ago. This is the this is the funniest shit, but it's true. Not only was C.J. Strout like the best quarterback in this draft, he was the biggest steal of this draft at number two. He was a steal at number oh, two. Oh yeah, that's yeah. fucking insane. But it's like, true. And it, and if I if I'm the Panthers, man, I'm kicking myself right now. It, kicking yeah, myself. I, I'm absolutely kicking myself because I like, don't. Like, I'll be honest, I don't see C.J. Stroud getting worse. I see him getting better year to year. Easily, oh yeah, easily. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's like we all remember this. The Panthers sent their basically their entire team to go see C.J. Stroud work out. And we assumed, I remember at that point, we assumed C.J. Stroud was going to be first overall and go to the Panthers. And they took Bryce Young. Look how that's turning out right now. It's early, but look how that's turning out. And, and again, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm like, for his sake, I'm really thankful he's in Houston because the Nico Ryans knows what he's doing with him. I don't think Frank Reich would know what to do with him. I'm just going to yeah. be real honest. I don't think Frank Reich would know what to do with him. And I don't think if they swap places, like I still think if they swap places, Bryce Young would do pretty bad. But I honest, I don't think CJ Stroud's at the level he's playing at without being in Houston. Like it, it's a perfect fit for what he's doing. But also, it's, you not, know it's not only that too. The trade, the Bears, they're sitting pretty in the NFL draft. Oh, they're yeah. They're sitting mighty pretty. With that trade, especially if this 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 Bryce Young thing doesn't go the way they hope in Carolina, that is one of the best fleeces in Bears history. 
if yeah. this goes the way we think it might. Like, uh, yeah, you know what's just crazy? Just comparing the two quarterbacks, and they're always, they're always going to be a forever link, just like Goff and Wentz were, things like that. Every quarterback that goes one and two, RG3, and then Andrew Luck, same thing. Um, that when it comes to these two, it's funny because you look at the difference in head coaches. You know, one is supposed to be a quarterback whisperer, offensive guru, you know, so you figure, oh, that Bryce Young is going to do well there. You know, C.J. Stroud might struggle with a def- more defensive head coach. That's you what know. we said. We said C.J. Yeah. Stroud might be a pick machine. That that's not that that's the opposite. And, that, and that's and it's 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 literally flipped. It's flipped. Like if if you if you, like nine times out of ten, right? If you have an offensive head coach with a young rookie quarterback and a defensive head coach with a young rookie quarterback, and that offensive head coach has won a Super Bowl, has you know been considered a quarterback guru. You know, you would obviously look at him and be like, oh, that's great, right? But here, this is the one out of ten right here. Where this is flipped. the one out of ten where it's flipped. So it, that's just wild to me. It's it's wild. It's like that that almost makes with like Stroud's already impressive. That's what makes it even more impressive. Uh, that also, again, I think I think one of the things that we're going to forget that at the end of the year when we talk about coach of the year and things like that. What D'Amico Ryans is doing with this team deserves a lot of credit. And with C. Oh, yeah. And we're not going to yeah. give him... This might be the only show where we give this man his flowers. That man deserves all the flowers in the world. Because regardless of of Houston being... like For me, again, as I said before, watching Houston is like kind of boring to a degree. Like They're, they're interesting, they're fun, but they're also kind of boring. Because C.J. Stroud just looks like a veteran quarterback to me already. Like, I'm just like, all right, cool, cool. You're going to win games. You're going to do your thing. But the fact I'm saying that with a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach in D'Amico Ryans is flipping crazy. That's yeah. just not normal. I'm I, saying like boring I, in the most positive way possible. It's a positive yeah. level of boring. It's just, it's, it's, I mean, I mean, I'm at a loss for words at this point. I'm just trying to comprehend what the hell he's doing it's it's yeah it's like i i like you know we 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 knew coming into this thing like hey you know it's gonna be kind of a filling out process he might not you know he he was kind of like a dark horse candidate for coach of the year no he's a legit candidate for coach of the year cj strout we're like oh he's gonna struggle and you know do bumps and there was a little bit at the beginning of the year and then just shot to the moon and we're like are you kidding me yeah, it's just not like, again. It's not normal. And, What's and going on? Isn't is that, not normal. This is not normal. It, and it's like, isn't isn't that like that? And then it's just more crazy that we have a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach and a defensive once again. Like all of this doesn't seem like it lines up, but yet the quarterback is a top five MVP candidate right now, and the head coach is top five for coach of the year. Top two like, or three at the very least. Or, or yeah, or yeah, even so. So, does anybody can anybody comprehend how just how ridiculous that sounds? Like that's just wild. You don't see that. It's it's unbelievable. It's it's one oh of the best stories God. in the NFL. Uh, let's talk about one of the worst stories in the NFL: the New York Giants getting knocked out, getting knocked their teeth out. By the way, Fox again. Why was this your number one game? Why is Kevin Burkhardt and Greg Olson at this game? 
I ask myself this every week. <laughs> Why? Why, bro? Also, uh, guess what the line closed at for Cowboys Giants? Well, we had the line closed before the game started. Uh, oh it lord! It was at sixteen and a half before. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say it actually probably went up. I was gonna say it's probably what minus twenty. It's seventeen and a half. Oh my oh. god! This is this is even worse. Do you want to guess what the over under for this game was? Oh hell no! Just make a random guess. <sighs> for total points, Jesus. Total points. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say. Well, I mean, based on the score too, but also just not really. But oh, uh. Uh, either I'm gonna say either 55 or 60. 39 and a half. It closed that. Wow. I mean, did they did they not think that Dallas was gonna hang nearly 50 on them? Because I did. <laughs> Tommy DeVito. Like, Tommy DeVito is one of the worst NFL quarterbacks I've ever seen. I feel so for, bad for the for, guy. He's I feel horrible for the guy because he's not ready to play. He's not ready to play. You know, on an NFL field right now. He's just not. He's he needs to be on a practice squad. Fourteen of twenty-seven, eighty-six yards, two TDs, one pick. It's and I mean, by, hey. and by the way, they don't even trust him to throw. Yeah, what are we the, doing the, here, dude? The, the game was over in the first quarter because you ran Saquon Barkley twenty times. Like, so what are we doing, man? Like what is you know? This? At, at that point, the game should have been shut off, and I'm pretty sure most of the people. Now around the country, shut that game off after they did the first like they two or three drives. Red zone for like the first three quarters before they turned it off. And I'm like, bro. See the only the only the, the only reason the, they shut on red zone is because Cowboys fans. Yeah, the only and the only consolation prize you get, well, if you're if you're Tommy DeVito, is hey, your 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 family got to see you throw two touchdowns in an NFL game. Like they got to see you at least do a little something. Yeah, and then go back home so, and have lasagna. I feel listen. I listen. I know I hate the Giants, but I feel bad for for a good kid like that. And I, I also feel bad because the dude's from my backyard. He's from Livingston. He's a yeah. Jersey boy, so um, that's why he lives I, close by you. You could go say hi to him if you want. I mean, he was born in the same town I was. So, um, well, the, the I was born obviously in the hospital that's over there, but but in the same, but you know, my my birth certificate says Livingston, New Jersey. So. You know, being born in that area, you know, I feel bad for the guy. I almost feel like I know the guy. I probably ran into the guy on the street somewhere and didn't even know it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you probably can run into him on the street now. Uh, yeah, but you know, like, and also listen. I mean, just aside from from them just getting absolutely killed today, like, you know, a lot of a lot of people are gonna are gonna like a lot, a lot of people feel bad for him like we do. And, but there's a lot of people that's going to be hating on the guy. It's like, listen, you know, for multiple reasons. Oh, like, oh, he's a grown man living at home. Like, listen, you know, it's okay, hard out there. We all, we all live. I'm. We both live in our parents slash grandparents' house. Leave us alone. Yeah, Same and it's like it's like a lot of us alone. And more and more people do that nowadays. I don't. I don't like bashing people for what their circumstances are when they're just trying to do the best I, they can to make a living. The whole thing. The whole thing. Um, I, the whole problem I have with Tommy DeVito is like, I have no problem with the kid. But the idea that he's 
he's starting in an NFL game. He's just not yeah, ready for it. Yeah, like, I, guy. It's, he's yeah. He's clearly not ready for it. And why are you starting him if you don't trust him to throw more than like, 10 passes in a quarter? Like, if you're just the Giants. Throw, you, dude. Who cares? If, if you're the Giants, you should have signed Carson Wentz. You should have. You should have, yeah. But again, my, my whole point is like, I don't even think I'm getting a great gauge on the guy either because they're only they're, there's like points in the first quarter where he's like, or in the second quarter, he's like, four of eight for 30 yards. You're down by 30. Let him throw, you idiots. Yeah. Just let I, me see I was, something out of the kid. Once I saw that first drive and I saw that they just ran the ball three times to Saquon Barkley, I'm like, this game's not going to go well. I'm like, let the kid throw, man. Let him let throw. Let him go. Like, at least let him go so I can have an opinion on the kid. Like, like, let the kid go down swinging. Give him a chance. You don't give him. You don't give him any of a chance when, when the only thing they have to stop because they know you don't trust him, is they gotta stop Jaquan Barkley from gaining a yard, which they did pretty much the whole damn night. Uh, and then just having them punt uh, with bad field positioning. You, you, if, if you're Dallas, you got great field position the entire night, pretty much. Um, like. If you're the Giants, and I, I'm gonna say this, I'm listening. Giants fans, don't get mad at me. I'm I'm telling you like it is. And I'm sure you guys know how it is. Like, please just swallow your pride for one second. Like, you are a two and seven football team that's going nowhere, and you don't have you right now. You have no other options. Let the kid just go. Yeah, let him, let go. him go. Why? 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 Why are you putting him on a leash? What for? It's so stupid. I don't care if the guy throws four picks. Just let him go, dude. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, why, like, again, you know. why are you starting him if you don't believe that he's starter caliber? What are you doing? Why? Why are we wasting you, everyone's time? You you should have just signed Carson Wentz to, to, the, to the vet minimum Which and called it a day. Did and called it a day, yeah. And called it a day. That's what you should have done, but you didn't because, once again, the Giants keep proving that they are not... The front office is just it can't do anything correctly. And and, so, and Shane's right week after week. He's upset about what's going on with Brian Dable. This is not Brian Dable's fault. This is the yeah. front office. This is the Maras. This is yep. incompetence beyond belief in the front office. Yep. This is not on Dable at all. Yeah, no, it's not. And, I mean, the, the, like, everybody, like, Giants fans said that, oh, we should give him another year. No, you should give him another, like, three years. Probably to figure this out, like Five. no, yeah, like block. like he made the playoffs like, last year, you idiots. Yeah, he made the playoffs with a bum team last year. You guys were bums last year, plain and simple. That's what you were. Like, so you know, especially with this is a guy that fixed Josh Allen. Now Josh Allen's kind of reverting back to his old ways. So it's pretty clear that Brian Dable is pretty good. It's just like He's you a aren't pretty you are damn not... good head coach. You just don't in front yeah. of support his ass. Yeah, you just have you you have he has no, like there's no there's nothing supporting him. I have our, like I have I have the title for this podcast. We're just gonna call it incompetence personified or incompetence because we're just yeah. talking about all these teams that are just incompetent as shit right now. Like like except for the Texans. Except for the Texans, yes, <laughs> and a few other teams we're gonna talk about later. Oh God! I have breaking news. Breaking news. All right, this is good. Breaking news, uh, just in for us. Aaron Rodgers told Melissa Stark that his goal is to be back by mid-December. I know it's, I quote, I know it sounds insane, but, let's see, I know it sounds insane, but if you do a good surgery, have a good patient, 
it makes this possible. So mid-December for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I don't think it's gonna. I mean, listen, we know it's not gonna matter. You're not making the playoffs. I don't think. I don't think it matters. I don't. I think you're not making the playoffs. See, like everybody keeps saying, oh, you know, they can make the playoffs. I'm like, bro, you are you are a four and four football team as it currently stands, depending on what happens tonight. Do you know how many teams in the AFC are ahead of you right now? It's also nine to three in the second quarter. What the hell is going on in that game? Uh, Aiden O'Connell is just as bad as Zach Wilson. <laughs> oh my god! So, there so there, there's your answer. Why Ugh. the hell is Porn Boy not starting? Where's the porn? <laughs> Why are we throwing Aiden O'Connell in here? Oh, uh, dude, I don't know. Why? I don't know. Why are you paying Jimmy Garoppolo all this damn money just to bench him? It's so stupid. Just let the kid play, dude. He's more capable of being a starter than Aiden O'Connell. I think it's pretty clear. Uh, you yeah. know, you know who is capable of being a solid, solid backup. The guy who couldn't find his locker room on his new team this morning, Josh Dobbs. I have, <laughs> I have a hot take about Josh Dobbs. Here's my hot take. In the Kirk Cousins era of the Minnesota Vikings, because I don't even think the Case Keenum NFC title year, re like. I don't. I. I honestly. Here. Here's my truth. My truth is, I think in the Kirk Cousins era of the Minnesota Vikings, this Josh Dobbs has been their best quarterback. Wow. <laughs> and here's why I say this. Well, <laughs> here's, wait, wait, wait. Let me. This is a hot take. Yeah, 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 Can I explain yeah. why I'm saying this? Yeah. Because this team, I'm not saying Kirk Cousins. I'm not saying Josh Dobbs is better than Kirk Cousins. That's asinine. I'm not saying that at all. But for this team, for this current bunch of players that Kirk Cousins has been with for the last four or five years, this team has energy with Josh Dobbs. Mm -hmm. This team loves playing for him in a way that they didn't with Kirk Cousins. This team, this roster clearly showed they didn't like playing with Kirk Cousins. In two weeks, they love playing with Josh Dobbs. Even though he's not perfect, damn, that that Josh Dobbs, that kid can ball. That kid can run. That kid can make good throws. The team loves having him around a lot more than having Kirk Cousins around. And that says something. That says not only something, that says a lot. And that's why I say that Josh Dobbs has been the best quarterback in the Kirk Cousins era of the Minnesota Vikings. Not because of Josh Dobbs' quality of play and quality of being a quarterback. But team chemistry on the field, Josh Dobbs has enlightened a fire in this roster. Yeah. And and let's just look at the, these two games. I mean, that's all the sample size we have. I mean, all the sample size as a Viking. We know what he does as a Cardinal. Which um, is basically the same, but as a Viking, he's been better. But but yeah, as a Viking, though, here's the thing. This remember, we said it last last time, last literally last week. We were like, Josh Dobbs literally had to had to come in. Blind, blindfolded. He won a game blindfolded. He won the game blindfolded, literally. Against the Falcons. He, he literally won the game blindfolded against the Falcons. Uh, that's impressive in itself. And then this week, he had over 300 yards of total offense just himself. He had he had 44 rushing yards, a rushing TD, and then 268 passing yards and a TD, and he completed over 67% of his passes. Like, like he did his thing today. He's done for, for his what thing he the is. last two weeks, and he's going to continue to do his thing. Does my hot take make sense to you, though? Do you get where I'm coming from? Yeah. 
Yeah, like there there there's like an injection of life into this team under him for two weeks. It's just like you know, we gotta see what it's like throughout the season before I start, you know, like really getting on board with it. But he's yeah, he's much younger than Kirk. What's Kirk? Thirty five? Yeah. Thirty four? Uh something like that. You know, Dobbs is only twenty eight. Like Dobbs is younger. He you know why he relates to the younger guys like more. A kid. Dobbs still feels like a kid. Yeah. He still feels like he's twenty four. Yeah, but I mean that's how long he's been in the league. It's crazy to think about. Um, but he relates to younger guys more. It just seems like he just brings a fun energy to. And you know, Wax, I think under him, it's just it's like they are looser because they feel like they're playing with house money every week. Yeah, they got nothing to lose. So, so they're just so grinding. so so they're so they're playing harder in that aspect because they know they have nothing to lose. So they're just, they're just throwing balls to the wall and hoping it sticks. And it's sticking. And it's like, For two weeks, it's, it's sticking. <laughs> so, so I can see that point. That makes a whole lot of sense. You know, we know, we obviously know Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback. But, you know, sometimes when you have that, that little change of pace, that can change a whole a whole momentum of a team. Whole and that's what it's done for two weeks and yeah. a whole locker room. So, you know, that's that's great. It's It's a great story for him. It's a great story for that team. It's fun to watch. It's extreme. Um, Josh Dobbs is a fun quarterback to watch on a week to week He's basis. fun. He's he fun. Like, fun. Listen, there's a, there's a difference between you know great and or, you know good and great and fun. And he's, he's a just fun, fun quarterback. He's just fun. Kids fun. Kids very yeah. very fun. But like and and I and I also think back to do you remember our first kind of big like a WTF conversation on the Vikings? Like this team is boring. This seems that remember you said that I think you said that sort of yeah. like this seems the definition of boredom. Kirk Cousins is like whatever, and then this team's like one of the most electric teams in the NFL just with the quarterback change. It's funny because you know it's like that's how quickly things change in this league too. Yeah. So, you know, it's like you know you you can call us you know flip floppers or frauds, but that's not true. It's like no, we're not we're not flipping we're not flipping on anything here. It's like that is what it was at the time, and, and <laughs> yes. this is what it is now. Yep. So. You know, it's like until on listen, like until they have a real bad game with him as quarterback, they're still a fun team to watch right now for the last two weeks. So it's, it's, it's just fun. It's just fun football to watch. They're just fun football to watch right now these past two weeks, and it's. I hope it continues. And I mean, just for his sake and for that team's sake, I hope it continues. Yeah. Um, Dude has a chip on his shoulder because of Jonathan Gannon. Oh he yeah. Won't be traded, but then he was. Yeah. Um. That's 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 my thirteenth reason why. <laughs> why, and especially why why I hate Jonathan Gannon. Have I said that enough on this show that I hate Jonathan Gannon? Because I can he, say it a bunch he, more. The, the, I'm not going to really deep dive into the Cardinals yet because I didn't get like the most detailed look into Kyler Murray today as I wanted to. So yeah. I'm I, let's give it a couple more weeks and then we'll have a, we'll probably have a more detailed conversation on Kyler Murray and kind of what his future yeah. is. Because I don't, I don't think Atlanta's a great benchmark. Uh, I'm just gonna and be honest. And I'm not gonna, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna judge him off a comeback game where he's basically been out for over half the season. Yeah, so I think, I think we need. That's some more not time. happening. But I love how they they kick the field goal to win, and Jonathan Ginn and looks at it, doesn't even smile or anything. He just walks <laughs> off the field, and you're like, he's a robot. I'm like, yeah, he just walked off the field like it never even happened. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, you got that, got that fire in your gut. Because uh, he clearly doesn't. <laughs> uh, Niners-Jaguars. The Jaguars looked abysmal from the oh. start. 
Um, yeah. The Niners, though, are they back? Are we are declaring them as, as back to normal, or do you want to see a couple more weeks of this? No, I need a couple more weeks. You, yeah, you just I, I lost think, three. I think, I think you need a couple more weeks. I like, say when you, when you, it's one thing to lose three straight, but when you lose three straight as badly as they did, no. I'm not going to say, listen, any team can win any, any week in this league. So this was one of those games where it's like, yeah, this is the Niners that we saw early on. But no, I'm not saying we're back until this team can string together. Like until they can can basically wash that three game losing streak out with like a three game winning streak, three or four game winning streak, and look good doing it, then I'll say they're back. The Niners so, have the Bucks next week on the late window slate. That's a tough. That is a that's a tough game. It's really interesting. And then Seattle on Thanksgiving. Night. Ooh. Seattle on Thanksgiving Ooh. night. In is it where is that game? In Seattle, right here in, in my hometown. So that's gonna be a fun one. Yeah. Uh so yeah, mm. that that's an and I wonder who's gonna eat the John Madden turkey at the end of the at the end of the <laughs> night. Um speaking of eating turkeys, the Lions play on Thanksgiving in two weeks, what, against the Packers. Probably gonna roll over them. because uh, they isn't that isn't that crazy? They were saying that the Lions are going to kill somebody on Thanksgiving because they're always the ones getting killed themselves. Um, they didn't get killed today by the Chargers. Do we have anything new to say about the Before we deep dive into the Lions, do we have anything new to say about the Chargers today? Other nope. than Quentin Johnson was pretty good, and this team Quentin, continues. Quentin Johnson. Oh, Quentin Johnson did something for my fantasy team today. That's all I had to report about that. How the hell did you have to start him? What happened where you had uh, to start Quentin Johnson? Because I'll tell you why in a second. Because my bench, <laughs> my bench is crazy. <laughs> uh, because my bench, uh, where is it? On my bench, uh, where I had the, cause I started him as my super, one of my, no, not my super flex, as one of my flexes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but on my bench, I had Swift on a buy, Pacheco on a buy, uh, Devontae Smith on a buy. And that's pretty much why. Yeah, fair. Um, and then the rest, and then some of the rest, and then the rest were just guys I've been starting every single week. So, but so I had no other options, and he was the best waiver option pretty much on the wire. And he actually had me thirteen point four points today. So. Not bad. Um, I love how I wa- I have the Chargers game on on Red Zone, and I know I know we're you know we're t- we're Chargers podcast. So I watched the game, and I'm I was, I'm watching their games the last few weeks, and I'm sitting there going. <sighs> I'm just going to wait till the fourth quarter and watch them lose, aren't I? And then every single time I have that thought and that big, <sighs> that big sigh, it happens. And it happened again today. It never goes away for this ridiculous-ass team. What, for your, uh... For the Chargers. Wait. Yeah, for the Chargers, yeah. It's just, it's, you know... Oh, God, like see, I just, I just I'm, have to, I just in the in the first quarter, I just go, I just have to relieve a big sigh because I just know it's gonna happen again. I just feel should, it in my bones every week. Should should we should we state the three pillars of the Chargers again? <laughs> Which are go ahead. Here's like Which is, here's here's the Los An- the Sports Eagles Los Angeles Chargers podcast three pillars of Chargers football go. Free, free Justin Herbert. <laughs> uh, fire Brandon Staley. And stop fucking up the fourth quarter. Yeah, and please 
figure out your fourth quarter, especially defensively. Those are the three. Because guess what? Every week, it's the same exact thing. It's the same exact shit every week. It's oh, so bad. Oh, my God. So, remember, make a note of that. That the three pillars are free, Justin Herbert, fire, Brandon Staley, and for the love of God, figure out how to play football in the fourth quarter, especially defensively. There you go. There we go. We're done. Uh, let's talk Lions ball now, please, um, yes. before this gets exhausting. Look, defensively, both of these teams were atrocious. I love this Lions offense. And and my thought today with this game with the Lions is this Lions offense is hitting their peak while the Lions defense is still in kind of a rebuilding stage. And that to me means concern in the playoffs. Is it for you? And that's and that's a defense with Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. So, you know, it's listen, are they a better defense than last year? Oh yeah. Like 100%. like you know, one hundred percent. But Oh, they concern me in the playoffs because, listen, uh, you know, that Chargers offense hasn't been great all year, and they hung 38 on you. And this isn't the first time you've been in a battle like this in the past two seasons, not just this season, but the past two seasons. Like, you've been in, this, you've been in these situations quite a bit. Um, and, you know, this was a game you could have lost to a not-so-good Chargers team. Um... So when you get into the playoffs and you have to play teams like the Niners, you know, who the are the Eagles. Yeah, the um, Niners, the Eagles, uh, you know, even but the, the just, well, I don't think I think they I'm trying to think who else in the NFC. I mean there's there's, there's not many. I, hell, uh, maybe even maybe the Cowboys, maybe the Cowboys? No, they know. beat the Cowboys. No, they beat I mean, the yeah. Cow- in my opinion they That's... beat the Cowboys. Uh, uh, Philly. No, I think they beat the Cowboys. But the, but the, but see, those two are still the two that are going to be in your way. Yeah. I, I, so here's the thing. I think I think Detroit right now definitely beats Dallas. I think Detroit is interesting against Philly and San Francisco, and they definitely beat Seattle, and they definitely beat Minnesota. That's how I feel about them right now. Yeah. And the Saints. That's well, the South. I'm not. I'm not talking about the Saints. No, I'm not talking about. The yeah. Saints. The, the, the only thing we talk I'm about just, the Saints. I'm just saying, the only thing we talk about the Saints is dumbass arrest from their receivers. Well, yeah. Well, I'm just saying the NFC South in general is not going to compete with the Lions. They're not going to compete with anybody. The, there we go. Done and yeah. dusted. Yeah. Although, but I'll tell you right now, like, but maybe Tampa. I mean, hey, maybe Tampa. But I'm. I think Tampa can be somewhat competitive, but they're not going to be competitive enough with how Baker's looking. Yeah, they're they're Tampa is a competitive but five hundred kind of football team. Yeah. Tampa is a competitive five hundred football team. That's what they are. Um, but yeah, I don't think they'll compete. I mean, listen, they'll compete with the Eagles because the Eagles always have that. No matter who the Eagles play, it's always a heart attack for me. I know this from years of experience. And that's why I the Eagles want to see a Lions Eagles playoff matchup because I honestly feel like you will blow your brains out. But see, I I don't think I don't listen. I know it's the homer in me. I don't think we lose, no matter where that game is. I don't I, I think don't, we lose. I don't think you guys lose, but I'm 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 confident though that the game is very close. I'm, oh yeah, I'm no very yeah, like yeah, the game is very close and very competitive. Yeah, I'm and it, very it, it, confident in that. That's why I'm saying it, interesting. Yeah, 
And it was last year when the you know first game of the season when this team was still figuring out its identity. You know, the, the Lions were. So they, they, that, that was a 38-35 game. So, you know, the Lions are not going to get blown out by anybody. But I don't. But they're not on. They're just. They're a tick right now. A tick below Philly and San Fran. And that's going to make a difference in the playoffs. Like, listen, I think, you know, they can make a. They can definitely make a run. This is the Lions. Like, it's crazy that we're seeing the Lions, you know, after. after decades and decades you, you, and decades of horrible football yeah and and yet here we are saying that the lions are going to make a deep playoff run but they they will like i i don't think oh, yeah. as long as the I, guys I think look. i think they're a team that you can definitely see at an nfc title game at the end of the year i'm yeah. not certain they, how that will work considering what we're saying about san fran and philly yeah but, but, I, but i'm telling you i'm telling you whoever they play whether it's san fran or philly they're making that game competitive. And yeah. at least right now, they have a decent shot to win at least against one of those teams. I think more like oh, yeah. San Fran, but they make both of those matchups super interesting and definitely must watch. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I think the only, the only thing right now, the Lions can't get too far ahead because we know how good they are. But, you know, listen, the Vikings aren't, a good, aren't great, but they're only a game and a half behind them in the standings. Yeah, I think they're so, much better than the Vikings, though. No, they're much better. But if the Vikings, remember, they they play the Vikings two out of three times at the end of the season. So anything could happen, especially that late in the season, where Divisional if the battle. Vikings, yeah, if the if the Vikings keep this thing close, the Lions could could end up being playing wild a wild card, card game, and that could be being a low seed wild card team with no home game. It's a, yeah, it's a it's a, it's so, a while I think it's slim, it is a possibility. Yeah, it's yeah, I think it's slim too. I just because the, the Vikings, that Josh Dobbs magic is it has to run out eventually. I mean, listen, we like the guy, we say he's a fun quarterback, but he's not a good one, and he's not Jared Goff. So it's the Lions still win that division as of right now, but it's just you know that. But if but you know that's what they dumb I and then listen, I'm sure I'm sure knowing them and how Dan Campbell gets those guys to play, they'll be focused on just making sure that they. You know, win the division first. That's the first goal. Because remember, last year they didn't even make the playoffs. So the first step this year, especially when you're up this high, this far, and you know, a little bit past the halfway mark, almost basically halfway mark of the season, you this is where you focus on now. How do we finish off this division and win it? Then you focus on playoffs. You of course you want to keep stacking wins, but you need to focus on how you get there. So, um, as long as they can do that, they put this they put themselves in a great spot to be what the third seed in the NFC. So, uh, but still, you know, you'd rather be the third seed than that end up being a wild card team and not having that home game, and then things really get you know interesting from there. So. Now, now here's an interesting Dan Campbell thing. Obviously, Jimbo Fisher got fired today or this morning um, for the Texas A&M job. Among the names Texas A&M are looking to interview, one of them is Dan Campbell. And I, I don't think he should leave, but at least it's he's somewhat not, interesting. Yeah. I don't think he's leaving, but I think it's interesting that some insiders are saying he's a dark horse candidate for the job or whatever. I don't think he leaves, but no, I, yeah, I, I don't I, think I, he think leaves either. I think it's really interesting uh, that that is happening. Do we have any thoughts on on Broncos Bills? I, I don't think I have too much because I think we've already kind of set our our piece about both of those teams for tomorrow. We'll kind of get yeah. a sense of, on sort of what that game is. Um, and do you, do you have any other thoughts for today? Because that's kind of all I had. I think that's it. Uh, Seahawks, then, please get rid of uh, 
Uh, Sam Howell's not been bad this year. I don't think he's been amazing, but he's not been bad. Seahawks get rid of Geno Smith. This this is this is this is overboard. This is bad football. This is this is disgusting week to week. That's just my yeah. mistake. This this is disgusting. Um, let's see. Uh, news headlines for the week or for today actually. We found some good ones. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see what the main one is. Um, Heinz is going to release a pickle ketchup in 2024. I, I don't know why. Um, oh, we have a football related headline that just came in off ESPN right now. What is it? And it's it's to do with sports betting. So, but anybody that knows can appreciate this. Texans last second win versus Bengals. Nets. I forget, it doesn't, it'll, it'll tell me who won, but Nets uh, somebody a $5.5 million parlay payout. That's insane. Yep. Uh, where is it? It says here. Okay, so he had four legs in his parlay, right? Um, Where is it? The Houston Texans had to beat the Bengals. Texans Bengals had to go over 44.5 points. Uh, Devin Singletary, their running back, had to score a touchdown. And he had to go over... Uh, 51 and a half rushing yards. And where is it? And it says, of course, they all hit. Uh, the Texans were big underdogs, apparently. I forget what the line was. Um, like three and a half. Yeah, I thought they were. I thought they were bigger, but I don't know why. So I don't know why it's saying that they're a big underdog here. Um, but not, it might have been bigger, but still. Uh, let's see. Because and the reason why he won it. Uh. Where is it? The same. I think it says the same guy. Where is it? Uh, yeah, but how? It says how did that? Oh, you know why? Because he put five hundred grand on that game. Damn. That's why. Hot damn. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I was like, how the hell did he win five point five million on that? Like, I didn't see. Yeah, he. So he basically put, and those four things were all very likely to happen, and so he put five hundred grand. He basically, he basically knew it. He and listen, that's a, that's a hell of a bet to just know that's gonna happen. Damn. Um. So uh, yeah, five hundred grand, five hundred grand, four leg parlay, basically on the Texans to just win the game essentially, and uh, yeah, it won five point five million dollars. Holy crap! Uh, let's yeah. see. Um, sports related ones. Uh, before tonight's Sunday night game, Josh Jobs TDs as a Viking five. Zach Wilson TDs in twenty twenty three five. Those were for tonight's <laughs> game uh, through Sports Illustrated. And through front office sports, Jimbo Fisher has a buyout of $76.8 million. The total money, the total career earnings for James Winston is $71.9. Jeez. Oh, my God. Um, the, our bet, our headline of the day is a really bad one, but also an extremely funny one for all the wrong reasons. Two daycare workers, a male who's 56 years old, a female who's 27 years old, got busted for allegedly running a child's fight ring at the daycare. Are you out of your oh mind? God. This isn't this isn't fight night. This is fight daycare. This is fight daycare. What are you guys doing? These are little kids. Uh, I don't I don't even know. Oh god. Um the, the it, world just gets stranger and stranger and more illegal by the what's, day. What's wrong with people? And and uh, here's my other question. This seems like a Florida headline. Was this in Florida? 
I don't think it was, but this definitely seems like a Florida headline to me. Um, yeah. You can now adopt puppies that were too friendly to be police dogs. Which I no, think. I think it's just mostly cool. a global. That's just a kind of just a global thing I think going on. But that's, yeah. But that's, uh, yeah. When you saw when you sent me that and I saw the little picture, the graphic that went with it, I just like, oh yeah, I gotta have one. I, I want one of those little baby German shepherds. That's uh. I always wanted a German Shepherd growing up as a kid. Uh, I I've had Chihuahuas my whole life, but I always wanted a German Shepherd. Um, so uh, I'll get it eventually. But but yeah, but that's a very cool story. That's a very sweet story. I like that. Ha <laughs> ha! Oh my god! All right, we're gonna we're gonna continue on with news of the day stories from puberty from puberty. CVS replaces shelves of toilet paper with framed photos of toilet paper after sex. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's pretty good. Oh, God. Fitness brand and creates fake wedding announcement in newspapers to reveal their Black Friday sales. What the oh, hell? Oh, Jesus. Uh, oh, this one's really good. I recommend going on Puberty for this one in particular. Twitch streamer uses her brain as a controller for a game. This is flipping insane. I don't know how real it is, but from what I can tell, it looks very real. This is one of the coolest things I've ever seen in gaming. By far. Just absolutely incredible stuff. Um, I think that's all the stories we have. Um, oh, oh, the last one is pretty freaking crazy. In a bizarre incident in India, a doctor abandoned his scheduled surgeries midway, allegedly frustrated by the absence of tea services. Oh, I saw it, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's just, I mean, but apparently, apparently the thing was misleading because apparently it was, uh, that, that surgeon, that doctor had performed like four, like different operations in a row. And had worked like an insane amount of hours, and all he wanted was a break, and they wouldn't let him. Oh, that's so. Crazy. So, I mean, but here, here's the thing: it goes both ways. Like, you know, he's. I mean, we're, we're gonna. I'm gonna talk about this for a second, but he, you know, listen. He deserves the break, but also, if it's someone, if it's a matter of life and death, you have to, you have to, Before you know, the damn surgery. get it, get it done. Yeah. yeah. So I, um, I get both sides here. Uh, there, there's now a vaping competition. With competitive vapors? Excuse me, what? It's Uh, just competitive lung cancer. Yeah, it's just competitive lung cancer. Oh, boy. (laughs) Why is that so funny? Everybody competing in that competition is going to probably have it at probably by the time they're 40. Or if not, and if they're 40 already, then probably in the next two years. So, you know. That's that just is what it is. Like, listen, to, as if there wasn't like, my God, like, first of all, who's the person that decided to come up with that? Second of all, why do we even care? Third of all, yes, because, you know, oh, you know, when they said, you know, back in the old days, you know, oh, we'll have flying cars in the future, and here we are in twenty twenty three. No, we have a vaping competition. We have competitive why? They get why? They get money to be in competitive vape competitions. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with this world for the week. At least for the week. That's uh, until, until we come back to until we come back to this for like next week. Uh, 
New toothpaste developed by scientists may help prevent severe peanut allergies. Peanut, small peanut protein in there. Um, That's interesting. And we're also, we're doing this in lieu of our uh, post-credit scene because Shane is under the weather. Yeah, Shane so. is not feeling well. He'll be back tomorrow, I believe. If we record, we should record tomorrow. Um, oh, oh, the be- oh my God! I'm just gonna keep reading some of them. We we kind of laughed our heads. Uh, when we saw this headline earlier in the week, this man staged his kidnapping so he can go have beers with his friends. <laughs> Are you freaking? And by yeah. the and by the way, the, this story gets flipping crazy because this story was that you know he he had his friends kidnap him in front of his wife. His wife calls the police, and the wife is sitting there being questioned by the cops for like six to eight hours while they're on this giant manhunt for him. And by the way, here's my question. What cops don't go into a bar and ask what the guy is? You guys had a yeah. random pub probably down the flipping street. Yeah. And 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 then and then he literally walks back in and he's like, ah, oh, they just let me go. It's like, no, bitch, they didn't just let you go. What happened? And and what <laughs> happened was he faked it and he got arrested. I that's just I mean you know, are, are we surprised at anything anymore at this point? I don't know. In, the, more I these, the, the more I read these stories, the more I'm like, I don't know. And that's why I like reading them. I think Jesus. Crazy. Uh, and Deadpool 3 will be the only MCU film to release last, next year. Thank God. And to the end of God bless. Thank God. God Marvel. bless. Just do some Disney Plus shows. We're, we're good. Um, Okay, uh, our real post credit scene for the day. Obviously, GTA 6 trailer is coming out next month. I finally, yes, finally, after over 10 years, played and beat GTA 5, and I have some thoughts on GTA 5. First off, why are the controls the way they are? Doesn't it feel a little clunky <laughs> in the beginning? It's Yeah, it, it is clunky. It seems extremely clunky, and then you get used to it, and then some of the missions are, like, way too clunky. You can't even really do them. Yeah. And yeah, I no, think piloting G- a plane is fucking impossible in GTA. That G- I could GTA. do. Yeah, but then you see, like, highlights of people playing it, and they're doing, like, all these plane tricks and, like, you know, barely skimming the water and everything, and I'm like, oh, come on, man. I'm like, how much... Listen... We play GTA. We play GTA games to have fun. Why are you sitting there trying to get your pilot license in GTA? Like that's like, an actual like, thing. Please, you bro. Get a GTA pilot license. Yeah, but it's like, but it's like, come on, man. There's better things in this world to do. You know, as as the stewards told Matt Canada, and as I'm gonna tell everybody listening to to this podcast, please go touch grass. <laughs> please go there's, touch there's, grass. There's, there's me, me, me playing GTA from from 7 p.m. to 4.30 in the morning to beat it. Oh. Touch grass. Um, uh, some highlights from my my diagnosis report after the game. My favorite one was, this guy likes to steal cars too much. Yeah, I, I stalled cars like every five seconds. Um, this guy doesn't do yoga. He prefers mayhem. And uh, I'm confused by the man. That's was my report. Um, yeah, it was a weird report. Uh, I have to. I, I don't know. I, I that was kind of the main ones for my report. Uh, do you remember what option you went with at the end of the game? Uh oh, god, no, Did no, because I can't. 
I played that. I played that damn game. Well, what 2015, 16? Damn. Uh, what year? Yeah. It came out 2013, correct? Or yeah, 13. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I I I waited like two years before I got it, and then when I got it, I played it, beat it, but I played just all, online all the time, so I can't even remember what I picked. Yeah, I just focused on the story mode. Keep in mind, I am playing the Xbox Series X version of this game, so faster load times, things of that nature. Mostly, the only there's small textural differences, uh, but in most cases, it's just the loading times. The loading screens are so nice. I only had one really slow loading screen, um, but I so there's kill. So you're Franklin, and you have kill Trevor, kill Michael, or Death Wish. Um, I chose kill Trevor and I, and I knew if I had the choice, I was going to kill Trevor anyway. And I love, and by the way, by the way, I just want to, I just want to frame it. All three of these actors, Michael Franklin, Trevor, amazing, phenomenal yeah. acting, phenomenal yeah. script writing. Lamar is even really good. Lester is amazing. I love Lester. Um, but the reason why, that's, I why, kill- that's why a lot of people, that's why a lot of people loved it when the game came out. Cause it was just, it was so just everything about it was great. So yeah. look, like, is the story kind of stupid? Yeah, but that's what makes it fun. It's, but the, it's, you know, you don't you don't play GTA for a story. You play it to have fun. Yeah, and like the story for how for 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 a GTA game, it's it's phenomenal. I mean, oh, yeah. it's 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 honestly amazing. The story's stupid in a really really good way. Um, but like, I chose to Kill Trevor because I was like, I love Trevor, but man, this guy's way over his rocker. I was like, bro. Oh yeah, the guy, the guy, the guy. Yeah, the guy's got. <laughs> the guy's he has more got, than just one screw loose. He's got multiple screws loose. So I was like, bro, let him burn, and I just let him burn. Killing Michael. I so I searched up both of them at the after I finished. I don't know what's the best one. I think from what I've heard, the best option is actually killing Michael. Apparently, but that's what uh, people have said. I think uh, from yeah. what I've seen. From what I've heard, I think the actual true option in canon is killing michael uh but you you had the option you're at this like whatever this like huge skyscraper thing or whatever or whatever it's called and you have the choice to lift him up or kill him i don't know what happens if you lift him up but i saw the actually killing him and then death wish keeps all of them alive because franken goes to lester and he's like i had this option now i'm gonna get them and like take care of all these guys that wronged us or whatever which is basically what the whole game is about anyway um, so I guess Death Witch, I probably would have picked Death Witch, but her was way of his rocker for me, even though I absolutely loved his character. Um, my favorite scene in the whole movie and the whole like movie cinematic of the, of GTA five is the <laughs> Trevor decides to, uh, grab a submarine and go down into the bottom of the ocean because I pick. I've always picked. I think the most aggressive, minus a couple of them, I picked the most aggressive way to do the heists. So in the Mayweather heist, I picked. Um, what is it? I picked. Um, I picked the aggressive one, which is grab a submarine, go down and grab whatever that Mayweather casing thing is, uh, and then go up and you know grab it with the submarine and put it back on land. And so, so in that section, after you grab it, <laughs> Trevor pops up on the submarine. He's like, frick yeah. And he's like all excited and moving his hands. And he's like, yes, I did it. I got my score. And then here's Lester walking in 
with his ass just showing everywhere. Dude's like basically butt naked in a freaking hospital gown going, What the fuck are you doing, you freaking fucks? That's an experimental super weapon that if you sell to the Chinese, we're all going to be on a watch list. And he's like, oh Jesus. my god. And then and then he got he gets a uh, one of his associate's cousins and Lester to get in the truck and take it back. And he's like, oh screw it, take it back. And he's like, right fucking now. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like my favorite scene in the whole movie because he, he's like, he's like, frick, I'll take it back. Go take it back. And he's like, right fucking now. <laughs> take it back. Just incredible just one of just uh i don't know the story is incredible took me i think actually because i think it said to beat the game it's like 32 hours i think it took me about 20 to 32 fully beat with skipping you know some of the mission beats just due to how difficult some of them were especially it kind of gets repetitive at the end but uh yeah just incredible and i'm really excited for gta 6 but what was your impression playing it in 2015 uh way back when I mean, when I, I mean, when it first came out, you gotta realize, like today, obviously, it's not gonna hold up as much. But when it first came out, well, it was it the is, biggest game. It is holding up because they've updated it so much. But yeah, the 360 well, version yeah. wouldn't hold up very much, I don't think. No, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying also the game well, doesn't hold up now, not because not, not just because of what it looks like, but I'm just saying because it's like everybody's played it. Like, I don't think it has a lot of replayability other than just you know if you want to just mess around online. Yeah, that is um, fair. And also, some of the controls are janky, which, as we talked about, I'm yeah. going to update that tremendously in GTA 6. So, yeah. Yeah. But it's just, like, when I I remember playing it, I was just I was amazed by it. Simply, I was just, like... I Because I didn't get a chance to really get GTA 4 when it came out. I mean, not many of us did. Um, a lot we were of still us started with kids. 5, like myself. Yeah, Yeah, we were, we were still kids. So... You know, when 5 came out, I didn't get it right away. Uh, I waited like two years to get it. But my cousin was all over. He's like, yo, you got to get this. My cousin's a year a year and a half older than me. So he was like, yo, you got to get this so we can play. I'm like, yeah, you know, I will. Um, and we did. And I, some of my best memories of playing video games are playing that with my cousin. We locked so many hours together online playing that game. Because, um, you know... I eventually did finish the story, but it just it took a while just because I I, I just wanted to play online. Yeah, that's um, but there was GTA so many online is really good, but it's taking up so yeah. many goddamn space on my hard drive. I'm just like I just want to finish the story and move on. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing Halo Master Chief Collection next. That's my next big task. Yeah, so you know it's just like, oh, you know, it's just it's kind of crazy that that, um. You know, like this much time has passed since I've played it because it's just it doesn't feel like that, but it's been. And I just started, and this was my this was my first time ever playing it in twenty twenty three. Yeah, I, I stopped playing it in what sixteen, seventeen, so about six, seven years. So that's wild. Um, and now here we are on the precipice of six. So, uh, man, I just I, I everything about that game. I mean, I never I never was the kind of player that had a ton of money that they could, you know the, if the money glitch and things like that online. But I was with one of the guys who was just like, I just want to have fun. I just want to blow things up. I just want to you know just come get five stars every time and just do crazy stuff and just go have fun with the damn game. That was all I cared about. Yeah. And you know, so it was just like controlled chaos is literally how to describe that game. It is. It's because yeah. it, you're playing a video game where you can just do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. So 
So it literally is controlled chaos. Um, it's inside of an of an environment that you know you're not gonna have it spill over in real life, obviously. So although you, some people have tried, some people life, have tried. You want to do it in yeah. the game? Go for it. Some people have tried, and look how that's turned out. Um, you know, but man, other than that, you know, that was one. That was like the defining game of our generation. I, mean, I there's think been a, so. One, I think easily, yeah. Other than like, Red Dead, which I also have Red Dead One yeah. for 360. Well, it's also yeah, that wow. very soon. Wow. Rockstar. Rockstar is the the defining company of oh, our generation. Oh yeah, games. It's also um, because they take their time with their games. Like GTA Six, yeah. like ten years, over ten years now until we get GTA Six. Like, like, and that was the same thing with Baldur's Gate Three when it came out. The best games are when these developers and obviously a lot yeah. of money was funneled into GTA Online to make this possible. Yeah. I totally understand that microtransactions and all that, but honestly, for for this purpose that they're able to take that money and funnel it back into the game, this is what I wish other companies would do. And Rockstar has done that with GTA Online and with GTA yeah. Five. So, like, I think that's a good thing that they're funneling it back into the product, and I'm excited to see it. But yeah, like, I love how Baldur's Gate Three took ten years. I love how GTA Six has taken over 10, 10 years. It's because this is if you want to make a game as expansive as Baldur's Gate 3 and GTA 6 for how we know how expansive the map will probably be, it's a great thing and it's a great thing for gaming. Yeah. And it's just like it's I can't wait to see just what like well, what comes down the road. I mean, we're it's crazy to think cuz a lot, of, you know, we don't hear a lot about video games as we I mean, maybe it's just cuz we've gotten older. We've kind of like, you know, video games have kind of been I guess, like, have been so ingrained in our lives. We were the first generation to grow up with constant video gaming. Yeah, pretty much. Um, So, you know, I feel like as I've gotten older, I've kind of lost a little bit of luster. I've not lost luster, but I've lost, like, the feeling for playing video games a little bit, unless they're, like, kind of just sports games and things yeah. like that. So I just lo- I love sports to death. But it's just when I, you know, but, like, games like that, where it's a different setting, but it's, like, you know, a classic, like, a, like a GTA, like, a GTA series, is just, or, yeah, like, a, a Forza, or something like that, like, Forza those Horizon. games, like, those games like, are, yeah, they're just, they're just fun, like, like, it's something about them, it's, like, you know, they, they have that charm to them, and it's, like, you also remember just being at a simpler time when you played them, like, I, I used to play, I played the original Forza, on the old Xbox, I've had my Xbox since I was four or five years old. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, those games are just—I mean, they're just fun. They're timeless. But I can't wait to see what happens next in terms of video gaming and how far we go. Because listen, anything's possible. The technology we have nowadays—we yeah. we should we shouldn't mess with it. You know, as far as we are in certain things. But with for gaming, video gaming, we're pushing it a lot, and it's pretty incredible. Well, for video gaming, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like. I was watching a lot of peers talk about this. So we're like basically still at the infancy of what gaming can do. And that, that's an incredible thought um, to think about how much it's advanced in the last 10 years. But also for me, like I started playing sports games a lot. And, you know, like my parents were like, don't play COD, you know, as a kid, whatever. And so I, so I was like, fine, like I'm okay with just playing sports games or whatever after a while. But then as I got older and started understanding more about video games and being like, oh, yeah, like in Game Pass was a big part of that for me going over to Xbox and PlayStation. But even on PlayStation, I started doing this where I started playing, you know, the old CODs. I started from COD 4 and and went through all the old CODs and Black Opses and stuff that I never got a chance to play as a kid. 
same with GTA and I'm doing Halo Master Chief Collection now. Like these are games that I I think I've only played like f- f- 10 minutes of Halo 3 and I was like this is kind of buggy cuz it's a 360 game so I was like let's play the remaster edition when I can and now would be the time but it's like for me just experiencing all these games that you Shane so many of my other friends have played as kids and yeah. I've never played and to have like a have an eye and also have an eye for what the, those games are now but also yeah. understand like what it meant for the time too and have that perspective of like okay these are what these games meant for the time but also like what they mean to me now playing them and how they change gaming is is incredible and then I also have I have Assassin's Creed 1 in my backlog that I've like dumped a few hours into. I have uh, the Enzo collection still to go through. I have the Mass Effect Legendary Edition on disc on PS4 and the Series X version on Game Pass. Like Star Wars, the Jedi series, right? Like I, I have the first one and I'm, the second one's going to come on EA Access soon. So I want to play those after I, I watch the Star Wars movies. So I definitely want to you know get on those like it, it's fun to play these older games but also these newer games that i've never experienced and like how yeah. this perspective on gaming and how it's advancing and how it's growing and just to have these experiences of these franchises that were so ingrained in my childhood just because i heard about them but getting an opportunity yeah. to play them is is at, at my age at 23 it, it's a really special thing just being able to dive time into it, especially with us doing, you know, the sports podcast and everything just to, and work, you know, and you know, whatever at the mall, just doing your thing. It's like, it's nice to come home and just game, but really experience these things for the first time. Yeah. And it's, you know, what's the old saying, you know, like you, you know, you gotta know where you've been to understand where you're going. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I think, I think gaming is a great representation of that, but I also love how, and I know for movies and, and other mediums, it's not as important, but I think for games, yeah. especially as we've evolved, I, I think seeing like a Halo Master Chief collection, seeing it, seeing it, you know, seeing these games that I know you have in your collection on, on original Xbox mm-hmm. that I'm going to get to play in this up converted version like preserving these games dead space right dead space remastered like remasters i think are really important as we continue because so many of these people haven't experienced these games so why not give them the best experience possible and i think remasters do such a great job of preserving the legacy of a lot of these games as well yeah i mean you know you know it's it's just it's it's just it's you know it's that saying is true for both, you know, video games and for they say it in sports all the time. So, you know, gotta know where where you've been to know where you're heading. Yeah. And you know, but so, but it's like just every every. I mean, it's just it's just true for life and for for just for simple life things. Not for everything in life, but for certain things in life. You know, you gotta. Everything's about evolution. So. You know, how do you evolve? How do you get better? How do you learn from previous mistakes and how do you correct it? And it's just gaming is the best example of it. You know, we, we just said that it's just but gaming is also it's it's kind of weird. Gaming is almost like I want to say for me, like like, well, listen, sports will always be like my number one comfort food. Yeah. Even though 
Even though with the Eagles, they they give me acid reflux. <laughs> um, but but you know, it's still uh, you know, gaming is almost like a comfort food. It's like you can always come back to it and enjoy it and. Kind and of put yourself struggle, in a, in a even simpler struggle time, with, and struggle place. With missions too, and learn how to beat them or whatever. Yeah, like there's all these different things. Like gaming, gaming is, and is I think something scientific too, like improving your reflexes, but also problem solving. How many times do you have to problem solve to beat a mission? It's like it's more yeah. active than you sitting in a math class and figuring it out. Like there's so many of those things. But again, I think back to my original point. I think remasters, and I, I get it. Like. I think the original versions are still very important to play and understand, but yeah. remastered for someone like me to to experience these things, but to experience it at the highest level I can with the current technology, it's it's just that that to me is incredible. The fact that they're doing that, that they're pushing that out, that they also with Xbox still allow you to play the, those old copies like like Assassin's Creed, like Red Dead One, like. I know Brandon ones came out on PS4 too, uh, and the Switch for some odd reason. But like, yeah. again, like that, it's the the to finish it up. I think that's kind of the most important thing in these conversations. Like, I get it. We're getting away from physical media, and that sucks. And we're getting away from some of those things. And I still think the retro versions of these games are still really important because they're the foundation for where these franchises have come and where gaming has come. But the fact that we are at a place where we can remaster these games and have a, an opportunity for a whole new generation to play them or for someone like me who was a part of that generation who never played them, it it matters. It matters for people to see the history of these games. Yeah. And it's just man, it's just, you know, when it when you can see the history of these games and just it's crazy because it's like, you know, we like playing games as they were intended to be, you know, on the classic systems and all that stuff. Yeah. But, you know, when you when you can play it, when you can play a game and have it especially be remastered so it's like just smoother too. You know, for some people, they, you know, there's always that, that debate of like, oh, you know, playing it as, as quote unquote God intended or, you know, and then playing it as, you know, as the remastered version, which is just, you know, it makes it just way more functional. It's and like, that's no part of the thing. It's mostly just function. Like, it's never yeah. really just, like, they don't remove, <coughs> excuse me, they don't really remove the things that made that game great. It's just about the functionality yeah. and graphics. And even with, with the Master Chief Collection, there's also an option to toggle it off so you can play it in its original intended version, too, which is pretty wild. Yeah. But, like, it's just about, you're right, it's just about the functionality of that. But continue on. No, but that's, then that'd be the final point I make about it, though. It's just that... No matter what side of that kind of gap you fall on, whether you enjoy playing the originals and had a chance to, or you know you're you know you're playing the new ones, you know the the, the remastered versions and things like that for the first time, but still playing an old game, it's like everybody can agree. It's like you know that's that's what makes gaming great. Is no matter what side you fall on, you can enjoy it all the same. And also, but it's like you know, and you can appreciate at the end of the day both sides of of that kind of kind of, you know debate, whether you know old school versus new school kind of thinking with games and things like that. But it's like Everybody will be able to, you know, but at the end of the day, all that matters is that game. How, yeah. What was, what did that game mean for different people? What was the the overall, you know, consensus with that game? But also, how how did it make? Uh, what made it so legendary? What made it so, you know, good? Or what? Or what made it so legendary? You know, in the opposite sense, or like what made it really that bad? So, you know, 
it's always just interesting to see, you know, different generations, but also different generations of console, different generations of games, different generations of people. You know, video gaming is is very very. It's just one of those things. Like everybody can find something to video games. <laughs> it's gonna sound jokey, but video games are the closest we are at to achieving world peace right now. <laughs> A little bit. Mind if you're playing COD and yelling over the mic. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Family, for those for those who don't know, if you're too if you're too young to remember, or if you're too old to have been a part of them, just remember the or just know this: you did not want to be there on an Xbox 360 chat because <laughs> some of the some of the things that were said in those chats are not for anyone's ears, nope. except for the people that were there nope. who lived it. No, nope. everyone knows uh, this. Everyone knows this. Yeah, so they'll make you know, fun of it in GTA with the kid. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, Jimmy, just but, telling yeah. you, know, that is what it is. But that's that's it's kind of the beauty, the funny beauty, but the, <laughs> the funny but beauty. beauty of video games. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and with that, I think uh, I think we're done. We actually went two hours. But look, it kind of happens. We go two hours if we're doing a post-credit scene anyway. But you know, we do what we do out here. Uh, but yeah. uh, thank you, Brandon, for a great show as always. And we'll probably see you all tomorrow. Yep, that sounds good. Sounds right. good to me. See you tomorrow, everybody. Have a great night, everyone.